Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Let's play a game. Okay. What celebrity am I interviewing on a stage in Downers Grove tomorrow? I'll give you some hints. British. Was very popular in the 90s. Mini Driver. Mm. No. <laughs> I guess she is British, isn't she? Yep. Uh, no. Red Hair. Rupert Grint. Uh, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. And this is, yes, I, I did think that since I interviewed... Tom Felton yeah. earlier this year. That that does kind of continue the trend. Not Rupert Grint. I'll give you a hint. Um, if you want to be my lover. Ginger Spice? I'm interviewing Ginger Spice. Jerry Bentley. Hallowell? Jerry Hallowell has written a middle grade novel, and I will be interviewing her tomorrow. She was my favorite Spice girl. Was she? I will tell her that. I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So they were like, "Hey, do you want to interview Ginger Spice?" And I was like, "I was just, yes. yeah, sure. I was just binging the Spice Girls while I was making tombstones." Well, there you go. Well, if you if you Google her, she's on the she's on the circuit. She was on the Today Show the other day. She was uh, she's doing all that stuff. And wow! So I'll be uh, interviewing old Jerry. That's very cool. I'm gonna call her that on the stage. Please hey, don't, old Jerry. <laughs> Definitely don't. Can do I that. call you old Jerry? Nope. That's how we do it here in the no, States. Nope. Old Jerry, old pal. <laughs> Definitely don't recommend. Oh, okay. Well, I won't do that then. Uh, but yeah, so that's my that's my fun thing. That's, so that's very cool. cool. Yay! So that's good. Um, but she has nothing to do with this season that, or this podcast or was, anything that like that. horrible segue. Yeah, I no. Was, I actually uh, forgot what show I was on for a second. I was like, wait, which podcast is this of mine? Is this the furniture repairing one? Is this the selling houses one? No, it's the... Children's Picture Books one. That's the one. Yeah. Excuse it and Kate. I'm Betsy. I'm Kate. Yeah. What do we, and so, right, you just alluded to it. We, we talk about picture books. What do we do yep. with those picture books? We rate them. And, and what do we say about them? That's awful. What the hell is that? Oh, that doesn't actually, make any sense. Okay. How come well, the send is carrying she's over? Not, she's not what is that wrong. illustration? <laughs> That's weird. You say that right after we did a book that we very much enjoyed, I should say. Uh, the Philharmonics. Okay. Yeah, the Philharmonics. Well, or at least our listeners very much enjoyed. You would think that was... It, we got more positive feedback on that episode than I swear we've gotten on so many things. Before I show you this week's book... I have to make a caveat. So it, what month is this? October. Correct. No, 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 no. Don't give me that look. Don't give me that look. <laughs> Don't give me that look. It better be a Halloween book, Betsy. It is. However, I was tempted not to because recently Ed Young died. So Ed Young, he did Lon Popo. He did Seven Blind Mice. We've, we've done him on the show before. Very, he, He's a master. He was a master of the form. Uh, he died. So I was tempted I was tempted because he didn't really have a... I mean, Lon Popo's kind of creepy, but we already did it, so... And I couldn't really justify anything being a quote-unquote classic that was creepy beyond that. I mean, not really. So I'm not doing Ed Young. Ed Young's on the back burner until creepy season is done. Good. Which is why we are doing this. (laughs) 
<laughs> by Jarrett. Go for it. Mm. Give it your best. Your best. Give it your all. Uh, Krasaska. Not bad. It's uh, Krasaska. Rhymes with Oscar. <laughs> Krasaska. That's how he says it. Okay. <laughs> like Sheska rhymes with Fresca. It's yeah. like the name, the Irish name, Sersha. Mm-hmm. Sersha rhymes with inertia. There you go. Exactly. That's how, how I remember to. It's it. very good. I'm very excited about this because this book. Um, is this the one that came out in 2003? This and came is, out in 2003. And is now the 20 year rule. Yesterday, I looked at a book that I really wanted to do with you and it came out in 2004. So that so one's going to have to wait a year. But this one came out in 2003. We can finally do it. Um, it is the very first. Gosh, I don't think it was his first book. No, it was not. Um, but it was one of Krasowska's early, early, early picture books. The title was supposed to glow in the dark. I don't think it does anymore. Um, but at least at my copy, it said it would glow in the dark, which it stopped doing pretty, pretty quickly oh. after that. So, yeah. Anyway, go read that book. All right. All right. While Kate does her read, let's talk about Jarrett Krasowska. Uh, Jared Kraskowski is actually kind of a funny case. His career and my career happened in tandem with one another. So his first picture book comes out in 2001. I get my first official library job. Uh, was that in 2001? No, no, I was like a year or two, like after that. So I was like 2003. Okay, fine. It's not in perfect tandem, but it's in pretty close tandem. I mean, the man is like just a couple months younger than me. Um, he, but he took off like a shot. Not immediately. Not immediately. Uh, he, he made a, he just, he put the work in. He put the work in. He, he worked hard. Um, he made the Lunch Lady series, which became very popular. So popular, I did not actually know this. Uh, apparently it was in development with Amy Poehler uh, in the lead role. Probably not so much anymore, I would assume. These things happen, they come and they go, but yeah, there you go. Now, it wasn't really until Hey Kiddo came out. The man became sort of like a NPR, everybody covering him from left and right and center. Um, this was the graphic novel about how he grew up with his grandparents, um, what the deal was with his mom. Uh, it was very, very popular and it was very, very good, I have to say. It was well done. But if you want to see him, the number one way to do that these days is on the TikTok. Um, his TikTok account, however... Whoa, it'll it'll put you to shame. Uh, if you very, very rarely, I, I haven't done many TikTok videos recently, um, maybe partly because he puts them out so frequently and they're so well edited and put together. They're like nothing you've ever seen. But I, I prefer a video he made way, 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 way back in the day where he had all the heavy hitters in there. He had Tommy DePaula, he had Jeannie Birdsell, he had all these people. Uh, in this crazy video that will never see the light of day again. Um, but I saw it by gum, I saw it. Uh, nice guy. I'm really happy we're finally doing one of his books. Not at all, but okay. <laughs> That's my theremin imitation. I'm trying, oh. to, I'm trying to sound like a theremin. Actually, the title made me want to sing, Annie, are you okay? Are, are you okay? okay? <laughs> are you okay, Annie? Oh, I do that with picture book titles all the time, but I had never done with this one until now. There you go. Yep. I like how on the uh, dedication page, it's kind of foreshadowing. You see these two 
people question mm. mark yeah uh look- shadowy figures yeah looking at uh our main character as she goes down the stairs and now that i have read the book and i kind of go back and i see though i kind of had this inkling before it's the mom and dad. The hair. Because of tell. mom's hair. Yeah. There's you can a... tell because of the hair. It's pretty cute. It's yeah. cute. It's cute. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so we meet uh, this girl, Annie. Are you okay? Yeah. And on Halloween night, she is sneaking out of the house to go to the creepy old Montgomery mansion. I like that it's Montgomery. Reminds me of Montgomery Burns. That's what I thought. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a creepy mansion. Also, I don't know if it's her actual hair color or if it's just the lighting, but she has these awesome streaks of blue. Bluish tints, yes. Yeah, and I'm super jealous of it. It's, it's mm-hmm. like she's Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim, but in the world of, <laughs> of Hey Arnold, uh, if, that, if that helps explain the illustration style. Oh, uh, that is a very site-specific uh, description you just gave. I think... 15% of our listenership will understand what you just said. Yes. It could be more. We have a lot of millennials that listen to us. I guess. I guess. Yes. I guess. I, I was thinking Gen Xers will get it more than. No. Yeah. No. Well, my end of the Gen X anyway. <laughs> anyway. You mean anyway. They're called millennials. Moving on. <laughs> so I like how the, the author slash illustrator. Yes. Both. Indeed. He creates these businesses as she's walking down the street. One of them is called Derek's Cakes, <laughs> and one of them is called Jane's Boutique. I suspect these are all actual people he knows. I would hope so. That's probably Jane Dyer or something. I just wonder if he if those are like the names of his kids or something that he like plugged into these businesses. Yeah, he's not afraid to put shout outs to people he knows in his books, so that is very likely. Yeah. Well, it says, you know, Annie was warned, but she wasn't scared. Like, her flashlight shines on these two, quote-unquote, ghosts. Yeah, they're sheets. Yeah, they're they're like your typical sheet with eye holes. Which she does not even see. She doesn't notice any of this. She's like Mr. Magoo. She just, like, goes... (laughs) She's walking down the street. The moon is shining. The wind is howling. Uh, but it says she wasn't afraid of anything. After all, she was born on Halloween night. And I'm like, mm, pretty sure a lot of folks born on October 31st are scared of things. But okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe, though, you if you can walk through life believing you have some sort of anti-fear superpower due to the day on which you were born, I say go with that thing. All right. Well, it says out of the corner eye, she saw something black fly by. Was it a bat? And I know we should be focusing on... If it's a bat or not. But she has these bracelets on that are so, so late 90s, early yeah, 2000s. I know. And she's dressed and like... Do you remember when people used to wear the chokers that would look like um, oh, like a henna tattoo around I mean, their necks? Britney Spears still wears them. Oh, well, I, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> they never went out of style, uh, Don't think that's what that means. She's not wearing okay. a necklace like she's no, not no, wearing no, a no. choker she but those bracelets yeah I, me I, go, I, you look at it and you're like you instantly remember them yeah but you turn the page and it's like oh no it was just a cat licking its paws betsy this cat is me i Wait, how is this you i am this cat wait now i need to see this cat. this is my tattoo <laughs> it's got a tongue sticking out yeah, it's like it's eh? got a blank stare eh? on its face like you caught it mid mid wash yeah yeah mid mid bleh. Yeah. <laughs> I want this as a tattoo. <laughs> it's a pretty good tattoo. I tell have to th- say, tell yeah. me that is not the best tattoo. I oh mean, no, it's a very, very, very good tattoo. Yes. 
That will go on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Well, heck yeah, that will go on Instagram. Yeah. Anyway, so now she's uh, going across this churchyard that has a bunch of gravestones. And what I appreciate is that the author-illustrator, while he puts names on businesses, he does not put names on gravestones. Oh, that's strange. I would have thought that'd be a perfect place to put all your friends and family. Uh, no! Maybe not. Maybe not. Absolutely not. As, as we all know, people have gotten in trouble in children's books for putting actual people's names on gravestones, like... Trina Sherrod Hyman putting Virginia Kirkus's name on there. Yeah, that was not a good idea. Yeah, it's it's not a good way of uh, like honoring People don't someone. Take it well. No. I have found. Yeah. The, so the tombstones that you can read here, one of them says, "Here lay," and then you can't see anything mm-hmm. because it's the end of the page. Right. And then there's another one that just has a date, 1892. Okay. And that's it. Columbus so, sailed the ocean blue. Right. Yeah. <laughs> As I recall. What? I was there. It was 1492, not 1890. You got your dates wrong, Kate. I don't think you know the rhyme. Anyway, so she's like going through this graveyard. She's like, you know, is something touching me? Oh, no, it's just a leaf. And now she's getting closer and closer to this big old mansion. And she's by herself and she's wondering if it's haunted. And there's all these signs as she's getting closer and closer to the mansion that say, like, shoo scram keep out stay away danger don't go any further and she's taking a deep breath and and she's climbing the stairs and there's more signs that say i'm warning you this one says whatever you do do not open this door or else so of course she opens the door naturally and then what do you call this this is a gatefold a gatefold. You managed to get a gatefold in you, there. You open it up, and it's a surprise party! Because she said it was her birthday. That yeah. was foreshadowing. It's her birthday. It's a surprise birthday party. All of her friends are dressed up as, like, a vampire, a mummy, Frankenstein. And you could see her parents in the background. You could see the ghost. Someone's There's dressed like up a as a fanged turtle there, which is bizarre. Yeah, I don't, I don't... I don't know what a fang turtle would be. Uh, the uh, creature from the... Bl- oh, is a creature from the Black Lagoon. Because he's got webbed He just looks hands. like a turtle from here, but okay, I, I gotcha. Yeah. And then on the very last page, it says it was the best scare she ever had. And this is such a fun surprise. I love opening the, the page up. I love the two ghosts that were following her earlier were just her friends, like, keeping tabs on her whereabouts. Sure she was actually going the direction she was supposed to be going. Because everyone knows, doing a surprise party, man, that's a tricky thing to pull off. Yep. And Especially I, if it's your birthday and you haven't been, like, no one has celebrated with you until now. Yeah, like, someone, that's a big... someone ruined a surprise party for me. But mm. anyway, um, I love the mom and dad are there in the background, but I especially love the controversial move of putting candy corn on a cake. I approve of candy corn on cakes, but I am a little more pro candy corn than most people, I'd say. I'm not like, it's not my favorite Halloween candy. I'm not Lisa Yee. I, I'm not, I'm not, I, don't, I wouldn't say that, but I, 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 Mixed with cake. I think candy corn and cake go together. Chocolate yeah. cake with candy corn. I would eat it. I would eat that. And I would I, eat that cake. I would eat that slice. And I also like on the last page, you get to see the kids underneath the ghost sheets. Yeah, like, it's almost like they, like, I'm not sure if this was Jared's idea or if his editor was like, come on, you, you, you gotta show they're actually kids. Otherwise, they're gonna think they're actual monsters at her party. It's like... So they are they are kind of uh, taking some of their co- not all of them. The vampire seems to be very comfortable in his outfit. 
No, yeah, and the skeleton, she, like, lifts her mask up so you can see yeah. her face. Yeah. But I like that you could actually see the kids underneath the sheets. Yep. Uh, and that's it. That's the end. Yeah, that's all she wrote. So it's his most atmospheric picture book, I would I would go so far as to argue. He has a very, uh, he has a very friendly style. It's sort of a light cartoonish, but done with thick paints. Um, so a distinctive style. No one quite looks like a Jarrett Krasaska. I would say. So, uh, yeah, not much to say about it. Came out, and I was a huge fan. Um, this actually may have been one of the books you procured for my uh, daughter. Um, I think I think it was, because I think we have one signed to Molly at home. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole other story, people. <laughs> anyway, ratings time. I think this is a super cute book. I can see why you were excited. I was that, so excited. That this hit the 20-year mark, because it's perfect for young kids. It has a great storyline. I love how diverse the kids are. Yeah. It keeps you guessing, and that it introduced the fact that it's her birthday like on Halloween, so it sets up the birthday party perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering, as an adult reading this, do you rent out this mansion for parties? Do the right. par- do the parents yeah. know the owners? And they're this- I do like the idea that normally this would be where people get married. It's like a wedding reception type situation, oh, right? Okay. And that on no one's going to get married on Halloween. Well, hopefully, no one's going to get married on Halloween. It's not creepy enough for that specifically. So they were able to pull a couple strings and do this for their daughter's birthday. Getting her there was the tricky part, but it does look like people are keeping eyes on her the entire way around to make sure she's going in the right direction, so. Yeah, I I just think this is a super cute Halloween book, and the cat is my favorite, so I gave it a seven. Oh, wow, that is quite high indeed, my goodness. Um, I'm very fond of it myself. It is hard. It is so hard to make an original... Halloween picture book that actually has a little spook to it Um, because kids like the spooky you know I remember like a little god I couldn't couldn't have been more than three three three-year-old who would come up to my desk and was like I want your scary books and I'd have to like give him every picture book that had some kind of a monster in them and he just I think he just like flipped through the pages and he just come up for more you know and so he would I think this was one of the ones I handed him it doesn't have to be just a Halloween book it's a good Halloween book but you could read this any time of the year I've read this all times of the year my kids liked it all times of the year they did remember it because I've read them a lot of picture books and a lot of them you know when you're young you can't remember them but they did remember this they're like oh you're doing that one I was like yes I'm doing that one so <laughs> I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't tell you the name of the title. Like, Remember, I, Annie, are you okay? You're just going to think it's called Annie, are you okay? Yeah. 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 That's all right. Like, if you reference the book with that song, I'll remember it. But if you told me the title by itself, I'd be like, I... I agree. It's not the most memorable title. No. But he does some nice atmospheric things with it. Um, I'm not as high as you are. I'm, I'm more like a six. Okay. Well, yeah. with our scores combined, it's above a five. So it's a classic. Halloween classic. All right. Letters time. Ooh. Okay, I cannot even stress how popular our bit on the Philharmonic Gets Dressed was. Apparently, this was the book the masses were waiting for all this time. We had so many comments. But last time we recorded, I only did half of the good thing about Barney book comments. So I'm doing two more comments from the 10th good thing about Barney. Uh, so before we go any further, because I just wanted to round that out. Uh-huh. So remember, it was a point-counterpoint. So uh-huh. in the point category, Judy wrote, The tenth good thing about Barney has been a favorite of mine since its publication. 
1971, you say? I was experiencing my eighth year as a teacher in 1971 and have memories of sharing this book with my young students. Thinking about that reminds me of the time years later I was working in a basement classroom. The windows were at ceiling level. One of the kids owned a cat named Stanley Livingston. At times, he would stroll past those windows and say hi. We all enjoyed his visits. So that's the point. Then comes the counterpoint from Dan. My encounter with this book was when some well-meaning person gave it to me and my brother after our father died suddenly. (gasps) It was not a good choice. Oh, no. And Leo Buscaglia's The Fall of Freddy the Leaf went over even worse. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that death book. Reflecting on it decades later, I can admit that it probably is a perfectly good book for its intended purpose, but I still hold a grudge. Fair enough. I can't blame that man for that. Yeah, no. Sorry, Dan. And then two comments from the Philharmonic Gets Dressed. Uh, Erica saw that we had put it up, and this is a direct quote. Yeah! I love this book so much! (laughs) My mom gave it to my daughter when she was little with a note about the generations in our family who've gotten dressed to go play music. 20 years later, and now my daughter dresses in her black to play oboe in her college orchestra, and our copy of the book is very, very battered. Aww. And then friend of the show, Nick Brule, also wrote in, and he said, My only Mark Samant story, Mark Samant did the art for the Philharmonic Dress. There's a period of 45 years between his winning the Caldecott Medal for A Tree is Nice in 1957 and a Caldecott Honor for The Stray Dog in 2002. When I congratulated him for the latter and asked him what he was doing next, he told me, well, if this pattern holds, my plan is to win another Caldecott in 45 years. <laughs> Which is a good story, Nick. Good story. Grown-up things we like. So mine's a bit dark. Do you want me to go first? Uh, or? Yeah, let's start with dark, and then we can like sort of scale back from that, I'd say. Okay, so this is a big shift from the book because it is not cute at all. Okay. Uh, Beware the Sandman. It's on HBO Max. It's a documentary about the attempted murder of a girl by her two 12-year-old friends in order to appease this digital folklore character named Slenderman. Oh, I thought they actually did kill her. It was just an attempt? Yeah, she was stabbed 19 times, but she survived. Whoa! Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so it goes into the history of where this Slenderman character came from, what he's supposed to represent, and how his folklore has only become public knowledge because of the invention of the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The documentary goes into mental illness, bullying, the usage of iPads and the internet among kids, and of course, the court followings of the two girls. It's really sad to see how these young girls were swept up in this digital boogeyman story and then acted so violently against their friend um it's really disturbing but it's really interesting to to watch so if you want to be scared and disturbed this halloween season uh it is called beware the sandman on hbo max reminds me of the old peter jackson movie heavenly creatures you ever see that nope similar case based on a realistic case but did not involve the slenderman or the internet anyway oh good recommendation good halloween spooky yeah recommendation i'm gonna indeed. try yeah i'm gonna try and keep with the spooky creepy recommendations oh, uh every nice. episode this month you know to go with halloween i will not <laughs> uh, so mine is actually a twofer i this is grown up things we like i'm going to start with a thing i don't like um because it goes so nicely into the thing i do like so i saw the film with nail and i 
Um, this is a British film. It's the movie that gave us Richard E. Grant. It was basically his first film. And, uh, who, okay, fine. You don't know who Richard E. Grant nope. is. He's a British actor. If you saw him, you'd instantly recognize him. In okay. any case, um, this was his first film. All these people for years have been telling me and my husband, like, oh, it's a classic. Oh, my gosh. The British, like, we can just quote, like, line after line after line from it. I don't know how. It is literally the most homophobic movie I have seen in a very long time. It is very much the, if you know anyone gay, they will try to have sex with you. Ugh. And it is really unfortunate. Not amusing at all. But if you want something the complete opposite of homophobia, then I recommend that you do what I do and uh, find the nearest uh, Eddie Azard remix tour. Uh, or, as she prefers to be called, Susie Eddie Azard, though she will go with anything when it comes to her name. Um, it is a remix of her, some of her classic bits. So, you know, cake or death, um, you know, you're covered in bees, like all the hits, but then mixed with a ton of new material. And man, she still got it. She has got it. It was a brilliant way of reconnecting with a lot of these lines that I use to this very day, uh, just in my normal speech patterns. But with, like, uh, new stuff, and just hilarious. Just funny all the way through. And I uh, ran into Lucy Nisley in the audience while I was Oh, nice. Saying. We should have carpooled. So uh, there you go. Friend of the show, Lucy Nisley. Yeah, she was on our Shrek episode. She was. She she brought the Shrek. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Thank I you very much. I saw it years ago, back in L.A. Uh, I, at the time, he... Uh, was practicing like new bits before going on a new tour, mm -hmm. and I sat in the front row. Nice, and it was glorious in this That's tiny nice. little theater. Oh man, That's very cool. It was very yeah, cool. Very cool. Mine was not a tiny little theater, but uh, <laughs> it was very nice. It was the second time I've seen her in uh, in in Chicago. So yeah, very cool. Well, so uh, yeah, so we'll just keep the spooky coming. More Halloween. All right. More Halloween. I have another one. I haven't found. Well, I need like two more, right? Or three more after this. Twelve. That's you I need. I don't. Fourteen. Need, I, don't. I think you need twenty I don't think more. I do. The next one I'm going to do, I was going to save for Mother's Day, but I may just do. You'll 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 see. What. I love how you'll you went what. from. This is appropriate for Mother's Day, but we're going to do it for Halloween. I didn't say it was appropriate for Mother's Day. I just said I was going to do it for Mother's Day. So okay. Uh, you'll see why. And until Kate figures out why I would bring it up for Mother's Day, I've been Betsy. <laughs> I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and the one we warn is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird. <laughs>